Hi guys and welcome to the Lone League Catch-Up. It's myself, Rampant FM, and we've got a very special guest on with us today. It's uh, Cameron Hobbs, one half of the NFL Scotland podcast, one time off the ball guest and former Spartans Tano man. How are you doing, Cameron? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brian, uh, we're obviously uh, got you on to maybe talk about Spartans, obviously your experiences with the Lone League. Uh, we'll get straight into the fixture, mate. Uh, there was no BSC this week. Uh, Vale of Leven and civil service rollers were postponed. Spartans uh, played Edinburgh Uni, they won 3-0. Pretty, pretty much of a quick one, obviously. They, they were up 1-0 after five minutes. Uh, Jack Smiths nips in front of the Uni defence to nick the ball past Tate to finish uh, Jamie Dishington's cross. 35 minutes played, Jamie Dishington capitalises on a Uni defender calamity. He rounds Tate and plonks the ball into the empty net to make it two. Just before half-time, it was a... Strike by Gary, Gary Chenarazzo to make it free. Uh, just uh, a sort of sad note on this one. Uh, condolences to uh, Gary and his family, who um, his, his grandpa recently passed away, obviously, so that, that goal would have meant a, a big deal to him. There was more chances in the second half, but the game was won in pretty much the first half. Uh, Spartans, comfortable victory, uh, obviously back in uh, top four. So, in terms of the game, obviously, uh, Spartans... Just a comfortable win, uh, Cameron. Um, they've not probably probably had the the season they wanted, uh, really. But uh, one of the reasons we've got you on is obviously to talk up Spartans and uh, and maybe just talk about their season. Uh, how, what did you think about the result yesterday? A, a good result for them? Oh, it definitely was a good result, and you know, came out strong. Like we said, got the goals in the first half, which is important. That takes the pressure off. Um, it's one of those w- ones where the way that Spartans play, um, you know, they like to keep possession, they like to move the ball around, and it can be one of those ones where maybe if you're not turning that possession into goals, it can get frustrating, yep. and then you start to panic and your game plan starts to change, you have to be slightly more rushed. So getting in an early goal is good, and actually with Spartans, I think you tend to see if they do score early, and certainly if they can go a couple ahead, they can control the game. I think that where you see yep. Spartans maybe struggle at times is where they can't quite get that opener or they find themselves behind and then they're playing catch-up all the time. So a really important result. And yeah, I just echo the point about Gary Chenarazzo, you know, an yep. absolute professional in both of his stints with the club. Obviously, a great player when he uh, he joined us. You know, he'd previously been at Edinburgh City, been at Cowdenbeath, came into Spartans, was a great player. His work ethic really is what's gotten to where he is today. And he's a better player now than he was when he joined the club in the first place. He he went abroad, he went to America, and we followed his time at the Tulsa Roughnecks. Uh, those games were showing on um, YouTube, which was brilliant. So I sat up a couple of times and watched them live. Um, quite bizarre when you see these sort of lower league American <laughs> games with these massive noisy crowds there as well. So what a difference that must have been for Gary coming from Spartans to that. But... You know, he's really come back, he's put the effort in and given everything that he's been going on, you know, and he paid respect to his grandfather with that goal. 
uh, got man of the match yesterday as well. So, you know, what a, what an absolute performance from him. Uh, a true professional. Another player you talked about there, influential in it, Jamie Dishington. What an absolute star yeah. he is. And, you know, that for me and for Spartans, I think is probably the most exciting thing to see the fruition of the academy and players coming through and being a big part of the senior team is brilliant. We have had players doing that over the years and it's it's important part and it's that's where the club's going to grow if it's going to grow in the future. Yeah, definitely. We've been kind of a... I'm kind of big on Jamie Dishington, actually. Um, obviously, he's he made his 150th appearance for the club against Trannan. Uh, that's just a, amazing for a, a, such a young player. And just to repeat with Gary... Um, the few times I've seen Spartans this season, uh, he's just been a standout for them. He's just clearly just a, a quality player, uh, and it's good that Jack Smith's you know back from injury and scoring again. And uh, I think Spartans would have loved to to have him fit, uh, you know, because uh, you know since he's been out, he's obviously uh, they've kind of slipped down the league. And uh, but if he starts scoring, I think they might have a strong finish to the sort of rest of the season. And that's exactly what they want to do now. You know, this is it. As you touched on, they're back into the top four. Obviously, got that game in hand over Strollers, who've had an absolutely brilliant season. Yeah. Although, not totally surprised because Gary, uh, Gary Jardin's been a great manager. Um, he, you know, what he did with Edinburgh City is absolutely tremendous. So, not surprised to see them doing as well. But really, you know, that top four's got to be a minimum because that's obviously the... The, the entry then into the Iron Brew Cup next year, which is what Spartans will want to be achieved. You look at this season as a whole, and I think that, you know, the, the great League Cup fixtures that we had at the start of the season, that obviously had a little bit of an impact, I think, on the start. You can yep. see draws at home to uh, the two uni, well, a, a draw at home to Sterling Uni, then a draw away to Edinburgh Uni. Again, just highlights the difference between the two games where we draw away to Edinburgh Uni at the start of the season, but then convincingly beat them at home later on in the year. Um, games like that come to cost. Um, you know, the, a draw against Whitehill away, always a tough place to go. And Whitehill love raising their game against Spartans. That's a good old rivalry, that yep. one. And I've, you know, I'm, I'm from um, a village called Howgate, which is literally five miles away from Rosewell. So when I was a teenager, I used to go and watch Whitehill Welfare play. Um, my grandfather lived in Peebles, so I used to go and watch Peebles Rovers play. So, you know, I was involved with the East of Scotland League from the age of about 14, 15. Um, didn't get involved in Spartans until it was about 2006. So, you know, all in all, worked for the club for about 10 years. Um, and for me, the reason that I ended up at Spartans above anything else, well, the story goes, I, I actually approached Peebles Rovers first, who said, thanks, but there's nothing really for you to do. I went along to Spartans, and the first time I went along, Craig Graham, the chairman, came over and introduced himself, realised I was a new person, came and said, hi, I'm, you know, Craig, the chairman, and immediately made me feel welcome there. So yep. I was living in Leith, it was just down the road. So I started going to games, it was brilliant. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and it's really grown from there. Um, and, you know, Spartans are just a fantastic club. You know, I had a great season last season, uh, deservedly won the league, um, went on and obviously didn't perform particularly well against Cove. That single game really cost and didn't progress into the league, which ultimately remains the goal for the club and has been the goal for a very long time. Certainly in 2006 when I joined, the focus of the club was how do we get a setup so that we can play our way into the you know the the, the leagues um, and work the way into what was the old third division. Um, 
it's been a numerous names, League Two now, amongst other things. <laughs> so yeah, um, and that's it. You know, there's there's great people involved in that club at every single level, from Craig Chairman, uh, from Craig Graham, the chairman, who is an absolute. Hero for me, you know, Mr. Spartans. We've got Ronnie Swan, obviously, who's the original Mr. Spartans. Mr. Spartans of this generation is Craig Graham. The work that he does for that club is absolutely sensational. Um, in my ten years with the club, there'd be times I'd phone him. He'd be in Montreal. It'd be five o'clock in the morning there. I wouldn't even know, but he'd still have time to stop and speak about Spartans. He loves the club, and you know, can't question his commitment. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, they've got great foundation on that. Great academy, great people involved at every level, and it really is a fantastic club to have been part of. Uh, agreed, mate. I'm, I was very impressed when I first went to Ainsley Park, and uh, again, everyone was uh, welcoming. Uh, Spartans, I just think, uh, as you said, that they're kind of one of the teams that have really got something there that they can build on. I don't think it's really been easy for clubs to get out of the Lowland League. We've seen it numerous times, the only sort of club that's done it is we managed to do it. It's Edinburgh City who are doing quite uh, well in League Two, as we know. But it's just a difficult league to get out uh, out of, and the competition and the quality has improved season on season. But in terms of the Spartans, we obviously mentioned uh, you know the chairman, obviously uh, uh, you know giving you your chance to to work with them and that, and that's what we we like to see people volunteer for the clubs. But we need to we we need to give a mention to the the Spartans Twitter guy, <laughs> Mark, uh, who's done a fantastic job. He, we had to name him uh, the King of Lowland League Patter. He had uh, a lot of the votes. Uh, Jobby Gate, uh, I think we, we you know <laughs> fantastic. Um, okay, what can you tell us about obviously the role with the, the Twitter? Because I know that you know you said that you 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 had an opportunity to do it, and then sort of Mark came along. And uh, sort of took over, if you will. Absolutely. Oh, listen, you know, there's, there time, comes a time in your life where someone comes along that just does something that little bit better than you and you need to let them take it. So, you know, I to your point there as well about people volunteering with clubs, I start there because I can't recommend it highly enough. I got involved with Spartans um, at a time where I was working in a contact centre. Um, I was trying to get a job working in internal comms and didn't have a lot of comms experience. Couldn't get it in the job that I was in, and I'd applied for this job twice, had been interviewed twice, and the feedback both times had been, we think you're great, you've just not got the experience. So after a couple of Spartans games, I approached the club and said, listen, I'd really like to write for the programme, maybe do match reports or news items or something like that. Started doing that. That then led to me doing stuff for the website, started writing things for the website. And then the guy who was before me, who'd been, who set up the Twitter account, who, who set up the website, um, a guy called Mark Palmer. Now, Mark had a great sense of humour as well. So I think the one thing that the Spartans Twitter feed has always had is a very tongue-in-cheek approach to things, which is great, and it's wonderful that it's continued. But Mark did a brilliant job. He moved on, he uh, moved out of Edinburgh, um, had a family and what have you, so didn't have the time to commit. So I took it over and I started looking after the website. So this was an area I wasn't particularly familiar with. Anyway, over the years, I've built up numerous things, whether it be the tannoy and public speaking, whether it be the website and web development, whether it be writing for the program and a bit of communication stuff. I ended up getting a job in internal comms and my career's really gone from there. Um, I'm now a digital change manager within a bank, working at a really senior level, working in web, and I'm really lucky. And I put a lot of where I've gone in my career 
down to the work that I did with Spartans that absolutely gave me that initial right. step and that initial experience to get on the journey. And that's half the battle sometimes, you know. Um, if you've not got the experience and you're not getting in your job, you need to go and look for it elsewhere kind of like you guys are doing with this podcast and it's brilliant because you're doing something yep, that you enjoy you're doing something about something that you know about you care about and that's it's a start you know and it means that you can put down sound editing audio editing production script writing the lot promotion is brilliant and all these things are cv additions these are things that you can put down and say i did that and if you do it well people notice and people will happily champion your your case so can't recommend it highly enough you know anybody out there that going along and thinking oh, i'd quite like to get involved do it absolutely do it because you know it's so enriching it's great to feel part of the team and do you know what the great thing about being a volunteer with these things as well is that if it gets to a point in your life where you just can't do it anymore the clubs will understand that because you're a volunteer yep. you know don't fear letting people down because you're not letting anybody down there's actually a young guy called lewis anderson who came in and he was put in touch with me bizarrely enough with by um, paul mitchell who I now do the podcast with about American football. Yeah. Um, he, I didn't know Paul at that point, but Paul had said to Lewis, contact Spartans. That would be a great place to go. Lewis came in, young guy. We got him writing for the program, got him writing for the website. He started to do the tannoy. He's now gone on. He's now works for The Sun Online, but he's actually been picked as one of the young voices for the BBC. So yep. he's now going to go into a, a program where he's going to be training to do that. Absolutely brilliant, and I'm delighted for Lewis because he's a great kid with a great attitude, um, and brilliant. You know, I'm jealous. Don't get me wrong. I wish <laughs> that opportunity existed when I was young, um, but you know, absolutely made up for him, and and that's great. As another person who's come through Spartans that's gone on to bigger things, which is brilliant. You know, if the club can help give that platform to people that are destined for great things, brilliant. Mark Brown, different story. He's an old dog, and uh, and I hope he doesn't. In fact, I, I hope he does mind me saying that. He's an oldie. Do you know what? He's not going any further than Spartans. He's where he is, and he's. But he's, do you know what? He's brilliant at what he does. Um, Mark was a huge help to me when I was there. There was a point where I was doing the tannoy, the website, the Twitter, everything, and it was too much. Uh, so Mark came in and totally helped, and it was brilliant. Um, I got my opportunities to go and work with Forth. I had to take that opportunity. Uh, and it and that was a great uh, experience in itself. But uh, you know the, the club's genuinely full of great people, really good people who are doing things in the right way for the right reason. You know you'll not get the sort of unsavory types at Spartans. If there is that type of people, you tend to find they don't last long. That was part of the reason that I fell in love with the club. You know they really have a, a, a good attitude and they want to do it in the right way. Brilliant, mate. Yep. I completely agreed. Uh, obviously, we, we kind of spoke about it before, but obviously, Mark, uh, and you've always said this about the Twitter, but the one thing that's kind of unique about Spartans, especially on social media, is they're so personable. It's not your standard generic tweets, you know. Uh, and it's hard. It's a hard job having uh, experienced this with Kelty since I've been doing it uh, the last sort of, well, few months now. Uh, it is very hard to to tweet about a match. Sometimes you miss things, and uh, people want to know what's going on, and you, you're just catching up. Really, it, it can be difficult. And I, the last time I was at Spartans at Ainsley Park, I think they were against Dalbiti earlier in the season, and Mark was walking around the pitch. You know, uh, I think he was getting pictures as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, how does. does he do it? He, he, you know, it's it's so much effort. Um, but it's really, that's the sort of stuff that's really appreciated by people. Just that extra wee effort. Um, 
And I completely agree with you. If you want to get involved in the league, there is opportunity there. Uh, I've not met. Uh, I've met. I've, I've you know through this and and whatnot. I've managed to 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 speak to a few chairmen and clubs, and I don't think I've ever met uh, anyone from any club that's been like you know uh, unsavory, if you will. Um, uh, and they've, they've all been kind, welcome them. They're really happy that you're sort of promoting the club because at the end of the day, we're all. It's our league, basically. That's how we promote this podcast. We've uh, got involvement from the managers, uh, the players. Uh, not as much as we'd like to, obviously. We want to sort of expand on that. But certainly, uh, since we've been doing this, it gives us the opportunity to promote the league and the clubs within the league. And uh, exactly why one of the reasons I, I wanted to speak to, uh, to you today, because obviously you do have uh, that experience of obviously working with the clubs. You know what it's all about, Spartans. Uh, absolute, you know, they've been there and done it in terms of being one of the top teams uh, in the Lowland League. And uh, just on Lewis Anderson, I, I, I follow Lewis as well, and I, I love I love his work with uh, with the papers and promoting the Lowland League. Uh, and yeah, fantastic, fantastic. You know, his articles are just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's he's got a, he's a good young kid with a desire to do the right sort of stuff. You know, I, I can be a little bit outspoken when it comes to certain journalists and things like that. I've seen some things working for Fourth where you know the overall level of some of the journalism and sport in this country is mm, questionable yep. at best. And it's great yep. to see young guys coming through. And you know, before we came on air, you know, we touched on this. Obviously, uh, I'm I'm. You know, involved with Spartans, but anything that I try and do that's generic, I, I maintain that level of unbiased. And I think that's so important. And it's quite rare. You know, there's a lot of guys writing about the clubs that they love and they just write about the clubs they love in the way they want to write about them, not necessarily yeah. what's actually happening there. It's a hard thing to do. Um, and, you know, you guys have to do the same thing. You have teams that you support, but you've got to talk about everybody, give everybody their equal opportunity. For me, it was interesting going to fourth and doing that working at fourth and doing the commentary there you had to be biased towards the the fourth teams which yep. was fine and i totally got that because you're representing an audience that's predominantly fourth teams one of the hardest things i had to do i i'm an aberdeen fan um, i have been an aberdeen fan but i had to cover aberdeen versus hibs in a cup semi-final so i had to commentate it on air as a hibs supporting person or certainly from a <laughs> Hibs point of view now it was one of those ones where um, Aberdeen scored in the first 12 seconds of the game cut to Cameron Hobbs at Hamden disaster for Hibernian <laughs> and secretly I'm fist pumping in the air at the same time you know it was quite bizarre but that's just what you got to do um, and you've got to do what you've got to do for the, the people that you've got so yeah it's a really yeah. tough thing but Lewis has got Lewis has got a good mind he's got a good uh sort of level of vocabulary on him and that will see him well. I think the fact that he's got this opportunity with the BBC is brilliant. Uh, I really look forward to seeing him go all the way to the top and I just hope he remembers me when he makes it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just speaking on media, obviously, um, uh, one of the reasons uh, I think I mentioned to you, I think people know as well, but one of the reasons I got involved in this league uh, was because Kelty came into it, obviously, because they're the Fife team and, uh, and now I'm sort of uh, going to uh, at the start of the season I was sort of going about different grounds seeing different teams which was good but I just sort of sort of stuck with Kelly because it was easier to get to uh, I got the opportunity kind of similar to yourself to, to help uh, with their Twitter and stuff and uh, and it, as someone 
I've kind of learned a lot about that experience. Obviously, um, there's there's been difficult times. It's never easy speaking to a player after a bad result, and uh, and obviously uh, learning about how to do better graphics and stuff like that. And uh, Kelly have been really good to me. The chairman again, similar experience to yourself. Uh, Ian Thompson's a fantastic guy. Um, always welcome. Dean McKenzie, the the general manager there, and even just the players. I think they they appreciate that. Just the wee bit extra extra effort that we put in a lot of guys um mark mccabe who always does the 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 videos for kelty and obviously um the guys uh that do uh like the pictures like billy billy clark and uh, kevin marshall as well it's just a fantastic setup um i had offers from other teams uh i think i've mentioned it before i'm not going to say who the teams were but uh it just didn't seem the right fit if you will uh one of them was like i had to travel quite a lot and unfortunately i don't uh, have a car or anything so it would have just been too much a hassle so Kelty was the right fit but yeah um, and speaking of opportunities there's there's opportunities out there for everyone I think we both know that uh, one of the reasons as I said um, I, the reason I, I chose to do a podcast is I, I spoke to Michael Park and I was like look I can write stuff but I'm better uh, have haven't had the experience of doing YouTube because I used to I, I well I, I'm not so much now but I was doing YouTube videos for about a, a good part of a year just on games and stuff like that as, as everyone seems to do these days but um, I was like look I, I can I can speak to Mozo for an hour about <laughs> about the the game you know about the the league and whatnot and we sort of went went from there and ran with it really obviously we mentioned. Uh, uh, well, I mentioned at the start you do the NFL Scotland podcast, and yeah. I think that's brilliant. So it's you're showing a bit passion for obviously a different game. Is there anything uh, NFL wise that you would like to see? Maybe not just in the Lone League, but is there anything that you would like to see maybe in the Scottish League in terms of what the NFL do, perhaps on social media or? So I think the big thing, yeah, the the NFL and American football, American sports in general have a very different approach to media, yeah. where you do media, you go and see the media. Something that you get in this country is the people involved in the club decide who speaks to the media, if anybody at all. You know, you've got the situation where the BBC are still banned from Ibrox, which is just ridiculous. And uh, yeah, stuff like that does my head in. Um, you know, I think that people are so available. There's so much content. It's brilliant. As a league, you know, they film everything. They've got every angle covered. Fine, it's slightly different. It's a slower-paced game in the sense that there's breaks, there's opportunities to reset and get in the right position to to film what's going on. But you look at some of the stuff that the NFL produces, uh, and it's just glorious. You know, even even the filming that they were doing 30 years ago is almost more detailed than some of the filming that we're doing now. And it's brilliant. It's rich content all the time. For us, though, you know, it came about because there was the live NFL events happening in Scotland. Uh, the NFL UK were bringing people from the NFL up here and they were they were superb. I was at one in Edinburgh at the Usher Hall, which I believe to date is still the biggest and most attended uh, road trip that the NFL UK have had anywhere in the UK. Um, and Paul Mitchell was actually there. Paul Mitchell, of course, people will know his voice from the BBC. I had sort of briefly met Paul a couple of times, but didn't really know him. However, I picked up on the fact that he was an NFL fan. At my time then at fourth, I got introduced to Paul again got contact with him and stuff like that and it was just one time I'd sort of said to him Paul we we should do an NFL podcast kind of half as a throwaway comment and he replied saying 
do you know what? Yes, we should. That would be great. And <laughs> from there it was born. Um, and it was actually, uh, I think today is the 27th. So it was a year ago yesterday that we posted our first ever podcast. Um, and since that, you know, we've really grown. We Our Twitter following was 200. It's now nearly 3,000. So that's in the last year. We've had over 8,000 downloads. We've had about 1,000 streams on Spotify. Um, we've had two live events that we've had over 100 tickets sold for each, which is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, these aren't live events with NFL players. We've had local people. We've had local journalists and people from the Edinburgh Wolves along to talk in front of a panel of people. But, you know, the game's really grown in the UK. And the game's grown in Scotland, and more and more people are fans. So we wanted to give this pod, put it out there, that people can listen to, but also try and create a bit of a channel that people can interact, people can get together and watch the games. And, you know, the atmosphere that we've had at these things has been great. So there's a lot of similarities between that audience and actually, to an extent, the Lowland League audience that you guys are working with. You've got people from all over the country interested, not necessarily mass pockets like you've got with our big football teams, yeah. but you've got pockets of people. And as long as you can make that content available online, people will listen to it. And as long as people are listening to it, then keep doing it. You know, absolutely. And I think what you guys are doing is brilliant. I think it's really, really good. The league needs it. Uh, random little anecdote um, that I, I'm i going to claim this as me being influential in this whole thing, but I don't think it comes down at all. In 1995, um, I, like I say, when I was young, I used to go and watch Peebles and Whitehill Welfare. I um, was a big fan of non-league football, but always felt that we should have been a way to, for clubs to play in. I wrote a letter as a 15-year-old boy, because that's what I did. I lived in the country. There was nothing else to do. Uh, I wrote a letter to the chairmans or the chairman of Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Dundee, Dundee United, I think were the five teams, uh, basically suggesting to them the setup of a league called the Lowland League, where we would have a pyramid system with the Highland League, where teams could play their way into the leagues. I actually got a letter back from the Hibs chairman at the time, and I wish I could find it. It'll, it'll be somewhere at my mum and dad's. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the name of the Hibs chairman. But the Hibs chairman wrote back to me to say, this is a great idea. We will remember this and we'll take it forward. Now, we know the history. That didn't happen and it took a while to come round. But when the Lowland League was created, I was absolutely delighted. I think it's a brilliant league. I think that the East of Scotland League, getting all these junior clubs in it, is brilliant as well. You know, absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's an opportunity for some really great clubs coming into this. And I think the worrying thing for actually, if you're going to worry about it, if, for Spartans, Kelty, East Kilbride, BSC, the clubs that are sort of riding high at the top at the moment, if they don't take their opportunity to get out of this league, it's only going to get tougher and tougher to win it. Because yep. some of the size of the teams coming through underneath is going to be astronomically huge. And the competition is only going to get harder and harder. This is going to be, see in five years' times, I think this is going to be an absolute firecracker of a league where you could be picking one of just about eight or nine clubs that could potentially win it. Um, and I think it's brilliant. And that's only going to be made even more so if you see a couple going up the way and you see clubs like East Stirling have come down, not found it nearly as easy as they thought they might. Still, they're there or thereabouts will always be seen as a contender. Definitely. And I genuinely think this league's going to be great. And actually, the Lowland League is going to be a better, more powerful league than the Highland League is, purely because it's going to have so much quality washed all the way through it. Uh, I think it's a really exciting time for Scottish football, certainly at the lower end of it and the non-league side of things. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, we 100% agree. I mean, we've had uh, positive feedback uh, pretty much everywhere I've went, every game I've went, everyone I've spoke to. Um, it's 
I agree a hundred percent with the competition thing. Um, I spoke to uh, Bill, the the Shire chairman, uh, a few weeks ago when I was through at uh, Falkirk Stadium, and even a team like East Stirlingshire, uh, a team with you know a bit of history behind them, a bit of support. Uh, they're in a fantastic facility like Falkirk. They have a really they've not had the best of season sort of this season, but uh, I think you know as you say, there's going to be a few teams up there. Um, I think East, I think it was just destined for East, East Colbride this season. They're doing so well. Uh, yeah. Spartans, as we've mentioned, obviously not had the, the best of seasons, but it's you know uh, BSC have been up there. Kelty just coming into league. Uh, Civil Service under Gary Jarden. It's just it's yeah. I completely agreed. Fantastic, fantastic yeah. uh, league. Um, a lot of teams. It's going to be hard to pick a winner <laughs> going going into it. One of the things uh, people have always mentioned is. The good thing about what we're doing, um, I always kind of don't kind of even though it was kind of my creation and my sort of brainchild, if you will, I don't like taking too much credit because um, I just I just like promoting Scottish football. Really, that was that's all it was yeah. uh, about. But uh, there was a, someone that I can't remember who it was, but someone made the point to me is there's not anything like this currently going on for the likes of League Two or League One or the Championship. Uh, there might be a pod for the the Premiership. I'm not 100 sure, but just just doing less uh, compared to what what the you know even the league football is not doing is a big like wait what's going on why you know why do the Lowland League have their own podcast this is brilliant you know and uh, the involvement of uh, players and we've we've had uh, people wanting to come on and stuff which we've not sort of worked out yet uh, we need to to get round to it but. This can only go from strength to strength, just like the league. And uh, to have people like yourself, Cameron, coming on and uh, speak about your experience and stuff is exact exactly the way the way what, how we want it, basically uh, in terms of involvement. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Just to you know, to round it all off, I think what you're doing is brilliant. I think you know you're right about League One and League Two because the clubs move about. There's nobody taking the you know anything by the scruff of the neck and i think what you guys are doing is brilliant long may it continue um and it will grow it absolutely will grow um it's it's really good work so keep it up brilliant so obviously the super bowl next week uh, neither of our teams are in it <laughs> uh, obviously i'm a packers uh, 49ers so no no uh, joy for us uh, any predictions on who's going to win it yeah <laughs> yeah we talked about this so it's funny this one. Me and Paul, who do the podcast, both have very differing opinions. Um, I am rooting for the LA Rams. Um, I think that this is a, an, it's going to be a fascinating Super Bowl because it's an up and coming head coach um, who really, really young. This is his first time to the Super Bowl. It's the first time that the Rams have been to the Super Bowl since they moved back to LA. This is going to be their fourth trip ever. Um, they've only ever won it once before. So, you know, this is something that the LA fans will be desperately wanting to see. Yep. Very exciting team who've been great over the last two years against the absolute behemoth that is the New England Patriots. Before we came on air, we were talking about the fact that the Patriots are like Man United under Alex Ferguson. 
And there's so many lines can be drawn between the two. Um, you know, the Patriots just get it done. There's been this horrible rhetoric in the press from the Patriots saying, oh, everybody doubted us because Tom Brady's getting older. And of course, people are commenting on the fact that he's older, but there's no way anybody's doubting the Patriots. You know, this is just one of these horrible lines that they're like, oh, oh, we've totally done it against the run of play. No, you've not. Shut up. Get on with it. We know that you're quality. We know that you're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, and they will be because they're just that good. Bill Belichick is a master coach. He is the Alex Ferguson of the NFL. You know, just genius. What he can do is brilliant. Tom Brady is a wonderful quarterback. He is the greatest of all time. Going to his ninth Super Bowl. You know, the, the, the Patriots have only ever been to 11. And, you know, he's been in nine of them. So that's just absolutely unreal. They're hurting as well because they lost the Super Bowl last year. It was a close game against the Eagles. It was a thrilling game. If we get anything like that, it will be an absolute cracker. But I'm going to go and predict the Rams on this one. Interesting. I think the Patriots could well win, but there's, there's, it's, I'm going with hope. I hope the Rams win, so I'm going to go for the Rams. I... Um... I can never, I mean, I, I told you obviously I have a bit of a soft spot for the Rams. I really hope they do it, but I can never see past the Pat at a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the one from a few years ago uh, when they were getting beat and it looked like they were going to lose and they came back uh, in overtime. Uh, you, you'll probably help me out here. The Falcons, but, when they were, yeah, they were 28-3 down to the Falcons. And honest to God, there was a Pats fan because I was actually out. It was an, a, a, an event in Dunfermline and I was actually out. And this is why my memory's a bit hazy because, you know, a few drinks were had, <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. And uh, there was a Pat fan and he was getting pelters all night, basically. And then, yeah, he was the most happiest man I've ever seen uh, when they won it. Um, and it, it's exactly... Exactly what I, I said to one of my friends, who's actually an, a Jets fan, uh, poor guy. But uh, he, he was, you know, I was like, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna come back into this. And he's like, you're kidding. And he's like, no, they're coming back into it. And they, they absolutely did. I, I, they absolutely did. Sorry. And I swear, um, Cameron, it's like, well, I compared them to the Empire in uh, Star Wars. You know, so uh, they're they're they're. they're you know they're like, I guess the the Yankees in baseball. Uh, I don't know if that's a good comparison, obviously, with New York and the Boston rivalry, but or New England rivalry rather. But, uh, <laughs> but it, no, you're in the right path. You definitely are in the right path. And it's the thing that the whole setup of the NFL and the draft system, it's all geared up so that teams can't do this. It's all geared up so that teams all get their chance. You know, the next, the worst team gets the first pick from the, the youth coming through the following year. So really, a well-managed team should be able to come through. But the Patriots have just been there for so long. They're managed brilliantly. And that's what it comes down to. You know, the, the wages don't come into it here um, because they all have the same salary cap. They don't have to use it all, but nobody can just splurge money like we see um, in the English Premiership where, in essence, a Man City can come along and just chuck as much money as they want it and keep teams out of it. That just can't happen in the NFL. So it's down really to management. It's down to picking good players and managing your budget really, really well. And the Patriots have done that. And you can't take that away from them. You absolutely cannot. They are, as much as they're unpopular for pretty much everybody other than Patriots fans, um, it's just because of their success. Let's be honest, nobody likes to see the same team winning all the time. No. Um, and that's what's happened. So, you know, let's hope the Rams win it. Let's hope it's a great Super Bowl. <laughs> hope so, um, And, uh, yeah, and hopefully 
hopefully some people from here, if they want to listen to us, it's at Scotland NFL on Twitter, or just Google the NFL Scotland podcast, you'll find us. We've got plenty of stuff online and always looking for new people to engage in a bit of NFL chat. Just want to thank Cameron for obviously coming on and talking up Spartans and the league and everything he does. Unfortunately, no Moza. Um, he had a bit of an emergency, so couldn't make it today. So it'll just be me covering the rest of the games. We'll start with Whitehill Welfare versus Commonwealth Colts. Lightning start for the Colts, a corner from their first attack, and Scott Davidson heads in from the initial save by Ross Jordan. Jordan Pettigrew comes out for a corner and punches the ball into his own neck. It becomes a bit of a theme, actually, this this uh, uh, this week, I think, uh, own goals and whatnot, but uh, obviously um, a bit of a disappointment one there for Jordan on 25 minutes. Scott Wright did win a penalty and he missed it, uh, unfortunately. And going into the second half, a fantastic counter-attack from Whitehill. Uh, Fabio Neto crosses for Scott Wright, who makes amends, a slots at home in the, at the back post. Going into the last 15 minutes, Craig Holmes converts from the spot uh, after Stephen O'Neill is fouled in the box. So, uh, disappointment for Whitehill, um, certainly. Coming out Colts, uh, it was a bit of a weird game, I would say. Coming out Colts, obviously, they started really well. Uh, Whitehill, just, we've seen this with Whitehill, obviously, another credible draw. Uh, they would have loved a win, especially at Ferguson Park, but coming out Colts, just not to be outdone. Uh, two penalties, obviously, one one missed by Scott Wright, and uh, coming out Colts uh, converted theirs to, to equalise. Uh, Scott Wright, obviously, a fairly new signing at Whitehill, seems to be doing a job for them. Uh, certainly a fantastic effort uh, from the guys, but again, kind of need a win, uh, coming out Colts. Uh, we've seen a lot of sort of teams go to Whitehill and, and get a draw. So, it, I mean, it could be a decent result for them, uh, depending on uh, what they do going forward, certainly. But, yeah, Whitehill's certainly not out there. They'll be looking to, to, to get a win. And same with Colts, they'll need to get back to winning the ways if they have any ambition to, to, to get into the top four. Going into Gala, Feridine versus East Kilbride. Uh, from what I heard, it was a bit of a bad-tempered affair. There wasn't really much uh, news on the actual what was going on uh, sounded to me like it was fairly scrappy. East Kilbride, as they normally do, took charge quite early on. Uh, Chris Humphrey's corner is met by the head of Craig Howey, who bullets the ball past uh, the keeper. And 86 minutes, Sean Winter drives inside and dinks the ball into the head of Craig Malcolm, who powers at home. Uh, obviously, we mentioned uh, Craig Malcolm, and uh, he's goal scoring off late. It's really helped East Kilbride sort of maintain this winning streak and uh, nine points clear of the top of the league. Um, Sean Winner, <laughs> Sean Winner is uh, just a floss. <laughs> Spoke to him. I got a bit excited when uh, when I saw that he, that he mentioned. I thought he might have got the goal. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's promised a floss celebration if he gets a goal. Um, you know, before before the end of the season, anyway. Um, so hopefully uh, we we get that Gala Feridine, yeah Gala. I like Gala. Um, it's a shame about the Netherdale. Obviously the the stands had issues because it's just a fantastic facility. Uh, I really hope they they sort of are able to 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 fix it and whatnot. But um, we do have a reaction from uh, Gala manager Dean Shanks on the game. Dean, you can take a lot of heart for that performance. Perhaps not the result though. Aye, absolutely. I mean, I think the performance was there. Cannot fault the boys. Uh, I think it was 
it was just it was so such a close game to be honest but with three minutes to go um, obviously that's a sucker punch but I am more impressed with what everybody's done against a side that in my opinion is going to win the league and I've really pushed them there um, you know we're half that's us in the players are there and it's what we started to push on to do as well so I'm really encouraged with what I've seen today Davey and uh, just a wee bit disappointed with the result of course but plenty of positives to take away absolutely I think especially you could put this into context uh, it was all doom and gloom before kickoff. What, you only what, nine or ten fit players really to take the part today? Aye, we were up against it, but that shows you what an incredible dressing room and team we've assembled here to, like, you know, we're looking around and we've got some great young lads on the bench to help us out, but those 11 were fantastic and, you know, they really put their bodies on the line, but it's not just about, they executed what we asked them to do and they actually played some great stuff as well, so it wasn't as if it was one that we were hanging on. We gave East Cobride a right good game, so aye, we a lot of challenges say that way. That's an encouraging performance, we could say. So we want to thank Dean Chanks for his reaction there. We'll get into Gretna versus East Stirlingshire at Rapedale Park. It was a long ball by Jamie Barkley to Paul McCarthy, who delivers for Ross Allen, who rounds the keeper, but he can't finish. And Annie Rogers uh, follows up to put Shire 1-0 up, uh, going into half-time. Corner Shire, Andy Rogers shot sees Jim Atkinson gather the ball and then, uh, unfortunately for Jim, he stepped back over his own goal line to make it 2-0 Shire. Uh, what did I mention about own goals? Uh, own goal from Emmanuel Batanga uh, to give Gretna a chance in the game, uh, but wasn't to be at East Stirlingshire. As I mentioned, I think they're, they're probably going to come on the second half of the season and uh, maybe sort of pick up and, and go on now. Um, Gretna, uh, absolutely no shame, uh, really. I mean, they'll be disappointed not to, to get back into the game, as it were, but it is what it is. Um, East Stirlingshire, you know, going on a wee bit of a run now, uh, I would suggest, and uh, both will be looking sort of top half. Kelly Hearts first Edda Sport, just a fantastic um, performance from Kelly Hearts, it was obviously at the game, uh, Errol Douglas got them off to a flyer, uh, Chris Dodd uh, and uh, Stuart Cargill hat-trick, we obviously want to congratulate Stuart Cargill on becoming um, Kelly's all-time top scorer with 165 goals, what an effort, um, fantastic uh, player, professional, absolute legend uh, Kelly really, uh, the game... Uh, a lot of Hedisport had a lot of new phases. You know, um, Pat Scullion was playing at, uh, at the back. Uh, I think he was on trial. Uh, Ryan Finney, Jordan McMillan, uh, Ross McNeil was playing as well. For me, I could see why they've lost uh, seven games um, in a row. Uh, unfortunately, their line was far too high for me. Uh, you know, and Kelty. We uh, still in uni, they kind of limited uh, Kelty's space uh, and it was completely opposite for Edisport. I think one of the goals uh, from Stuart Cargo, he was literally, um, Scott Christie just lobbed over and to give Stuart Cargo any sort of space is dangerous, hence why he got a hat-trick. It's one of those things really, um, you kind of, Edisport have, without a doubt, they've made really decent signings and they've, they've, uh, they're a decent team, but for whatever reason, uh, it's just not worked out for them uh, against Kelty. Kelty are just, I think the, the line was far too high. A uh, big shout out to Gary Layton, who's uh, been filling in at right back. I think Elliot Ford had a bit of a knock. He's been fantastic. He, he was probably one of the man, if, you know, if Stuart Cargo never got a hat trick, I would say he was probably one of the man of the matches. Uh, 
uh, certainly fantastic. His passing was really good. Uh, yeah, Kelty, I think it had been coming for them, really. Uh, they, they had so many opportunities in other games, but they just maybe didn't have the, the final touch. And today it was just, it was coming really. We do have an interview from Mark McCabe with uh, all time top scorer Stuart Cargill. Stuart's first Saturday goes, that's, that must be up there. Aye, <laughs> it was good. It was good to get that monkey off the back. It's been a couple of weeks that keep, people keep going on about the record, and it's good to get out of the way, to be honest. But I'm delighted. Most important thing, the important thing is the three points. I think uh, that's been covering for a while. I think. We've, um, we've plodded away and we've plodded away, but we've lacked that, maybe a bit of ruthlessness in front of goal, but we've shown what we could do when, when we turn it on. Yeah, the gaffer spoke goes. for weeks there that you know, chances going big and it seems mm. like today it just clicked. And, Aye, that's what I mean now. And, and our team was always going to get that eventually. I think so. He's been saying that the last couple of games. He says, look, I think we're, Sunday's to a right hiding soon. And um, to be fair, I think that's what happened today. They, they probably seen a little bit of the ball in the, in the second half, but it's easy to do that when, when you're 5 0 done. We just sat after them and we were clinical, I thought, and uh, aye, it's been coming for a while. 165 goals. Now. <laughs> we, were, we were waiting on 163 and, and a, a hat trick to do it. Aye. It must be special. Aye, it's good. I think uh, if uh, we waited a while for the. Well, not, maybe not necessarily a while, but it was always playing in the back of my head for a couple of games. And once I got the one, it kind of was a bit of relief. And I was able to um, kick on after that and get another two. But like I said, the most important thing is the three points. I was delighted to, to win emphatically the way we did. And I think uh, it's, it's been coming for a while and I'm glad. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago since we were celebrating 100 goals for the club. <laughs> and could, could you have imagined when you joined Kelty, you know... Setting records and No, to be honest, happened. no, that it wasn't really in my in my mind um, to be breaking records and stuff when I joined. Um, it's a long time ago now. I was a, a younger boy back then, but um, I just wanted to get down, uh, come here and get my head down and, and get on it. And I think it's uh, <laughs> I've done that in abundance, so I'm uh, glad. Enjoy your night. Cheers, thanks, mate. So University of Stirling versus Dalby Star. It was a two-two draw. It was a Bit of a crazy one, this. Um, red card for Burroughs, sent off for uh, an off-the-ball incident. Nobody except uh, the assistant saw it as the ball had broken forward. Um, 26 minutes played. They kind of organised themselves, Stirling Uni. Uh, it was 0-0 at half-time. It was a penalty shout for Uni in the second half for handball. Nothing was given. Uh, from what I saw, the highlights, it kind of did look like a handball, to be honest. So they've maybe been a wee bit unfortunate there. Frustration for Sterling as Walker makes a good save but ball breaks to Scott Mulligan who slots at home in the 65 minutes to give uh, Dalbiti the lead. Sterling pressing forward, they get caught in midfield and it's uh, three versus two at the back. Ben Irvine make, uh, works hard to double Dalbiti's lead with three minutes to go. Uh, this is where the game gets a wee bit crazy. Uh, Sterling get one back pretty much you know, in stoppage time through Dom, Dominic Slattery and... Ferris, Aidan Ferris with the equaliser uh, to make it 2-2 uh, full-time. And we do have interviews on the game with Chris Geddes and goal scorer Aidan Ferris. Chris, where do we start summarising today's game? Um, it's a tough one. Um, two teams in their dressing rooms at opposite ends of the the happy factor, if you want to put it that way. Uh, Dalby, obviously, they're going to look at it like three points dropped um, because they were 2-0 up so late, but... 
for us overall I thought we, we deserved something from the game so um, uh, delighted to obviously get the two late goals and go into all There was obviously a massive turning point in the game which was the sending off of Matty Burrows did you see the incident in question? Uh, I didn't see it um, and I'm not going to be one of these coaches that defends him he's obviously said to players that he'd done it his words were the Dalbeaty player stamped on him first and he's obviously been the one who got caught and it's always the guy who reacts second that gets caught so um, we'll take that one on the chin he's a young lad and he'll learn from that um, he's put the boys and he's put the boys up the well, I won't swear but he's, he's made it hard for us and um, the boys have dug him out there and I'll obviously speak to him about that because Dalbeaty showed after that that um, well we actually had one of our best chances when we were down to 10 men uh, Blair went clean through and, and the keeper for them made a good save but yeah, we'll, we'll learn from that. Then you went two down and it looked like game over. Yeah, um, Kev's made another fantastic save. He's done that recently and we're just not we're just sleeping on second phase attacks, do you know what I mean? And he's tapped it in, the big striker, who to be fair, I've never seen the boy for Dalbeaty, but he was a handful all day, the big man. And then the second goal, to be fair, they were 3v1 as we were going forward and they nearly ruined it. <laughs> and the boy got lucky because Gus won a great tackle. And then, what can you say, uh, 90th minute, uh, corner swung in. Um, three minutes to go Dom headers it right in the corner Great wee header um, And then obviously Dalbeaty have the ball For about a minute and a half And we win it We put it forward And it goes out for a corner And it's it's a whipped one At the back post Gus keeps it in They've all stopped To appeal for the ball Going out It's not back across Naden's obviously Tapped it in And I'm delighted for him Because he's he's obviously Not a student And he's had a hard time Of it with goals recently But he gives us everything whenever he's with us and that's all we can ask for and I'm really delighted that he got the goal and obviously he get a 2 old draw out of a, a desperate situation near the end. Chris, thanks very much. Not a problem, thank you. Well, late drama here at Fourth Bank and the score of the dramatic equaliser, Aidan Ferris is with us. Aidan, just talk us through the goal. Typical strikers goal. Still on the keeper and then it comes back at you, tap it in, but no, it was... Obviously, I cracked and finished in the game. Kind of disappointed in the squad. All years to go down 2 0, but some character could have gave up, but we went back in, get the first goal, gives us a bit of chance, and obviously, get our, I think it was the last last minute equaliser. Boys deserved it. Obviously, played most of the game, maybe 10 men, so now we're happy, and I'm happy myself to get a goal. This was a game, really, given the league positions of the two teams, that you had to get something from. So, as you say, you, you stayed positive and the lads really dug in, didn't they? No, definitely. We were speaking, I was speaking to Mark and they were up in the car saying, like, if we get three points, we can jump a few places. But really, we just try to not get beat and uh, pick up as many points as possible t- towards the end of the season just to get us a good finish. And then also the two cups were still in. So, no, it was, it's, it's just about trying to uh, stick together and get as much out of a game as possible. How do you find it here at uni in terms of the group of players, because <coughs> you played elsewhere, obviously, in the league? How do these lads compare? No, it's, it's totally different, but it's in a good way. Uh, all the boys are young, they're all eager to learn. Fitness is through the roof for the amount of times they train and play during the week, and it's refreshing. It's, 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 I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it from the beginning I've been here, so it's totally different, but it's in a good way. And happy to be on the score sheet today. Uh, definitely, uh, it's my job to score and obviously if it's from the start or off the bench I'm always looking to score so I'm just happy for myself today Job done, thanks No, no well, thanks So getting into next week's games Civil Service Strollers are back in action uh, they're playing uh, Galaferidine at home at Christie Glass Park uh, could either or really uh, Civil Service Strollers, really decent form Gala, 
uh, coming off that defeat against East Kilbride. Anyone's guess uh, what's really going to happen? Uh, both two good teams, uh, both will be hoping for a win there. Whitehill Welfare versus East Stirlingshire. As I mentioned, I think East Stirlingshire are going to be pushing on for the rest of the season. Whitehill Welfare, again, another home game. They really need to get a win there. Cumbernauld Colts versus Vale of Leven. Uh, Cumbernauld Colts will be happy to, to be back at home and Vale of Leven uh, certainly will be happy after a lot of postponements. Um, they'll be happy to just get playing again. I think I imagine a lot of the boys will be just you know happy to, to be playing football. There'll be Star versus Kelty Hearts. Um, they'll be will be disappointed to have uh, you know got the draw against University of Stirling from pretty much a winning position, especially with Uni down to ten men. Uh, Kelty Hearts, um, they, I think, given the performance against Edisport, they'll go in there with confidence, uh, hoping for another uh, route, basically. Uh, they've played, the games against them, against Albiti, have kind of been kind of solid affairs. I've been to a few of them. I was at the I was at the, the game, pretty much, that opened their campaign, the 2-2 game, uh, uh, and I was at the, the Scottish Cup game. Uh, the second one uh, at New Central Park, the replay. Um, could you know Dalbiti seem to to up their game, or they certainly have up their game against teams like Kelty. So, uh, but you know, given the fact that they're coming off a five 0 against Edisport, I would probably favour Kelty in that instance. Massive game, East Kilbride versus Sparrens. If East Kilbride are going to be dropping any points, uh, it could be in this game, but it's at K Park. Spartans coming off that fantastic 3-0 win against um, against Edinburgh Uni and East Kilbride are just non-stop. Um, I'd probably go Kilby just for the fact that they're at K Park. Edinburgh Uni versus Gretna, anyone's guess. Edinburgh Uni kind of on a bit of a a slump at the moment, certainly. Uh, still a good team, Gretna. Well, we know what they can do uh, on their day. Tough one, it's a very tough one, but I would... I don't know. I don't know what to really expect from that. Um, uh, because Uni are on a bit of a slump, I'd probably perhaps uh, envision uh, Gretna getting back to winning ways. Esport Academy versus BSC Glasgow. BSC Glasgow, uh, absolutely fantastic. They obviously had a break uh, this week, so they'll be eager to, to get back on it, basically. And I think they will win uh, given the fact that Edisport were were fairly poor against Kelty. I know they're at home at Gallabank but um BSC I just I, I can see a, a few going past uh, Edisport uh, unfortunately for them. Plugs well obviously you can get us at the official catch up on Twitter. Um that's pretty much it guys. I mean we had a, a massive chat with Cameron there about Spartans and the league and stuff. Uh, probably more, probably too much, maybe. Uh, in honesty, but you know he's a guest, and uh, what he was saying was absolutely fantastic, and exactly what we want from in, in terms of guests and interaction. He's obviously um, knows the league very well. He's on to promote a, a great club like Sparrows, and that's exactly what we want from uh, our guests. We obviously want to thank everyone uh, from the fans to the listeners to. Uh, the players to the manager everyone that really makes this uh, programme so enjoyable to do uh, obviously I want to personally thank uh, Michael Park George Fraser for their support and the league and yeah we'll see you next week hopefully Moza will be back um, with his uh, dodgy January tan or, or whatever but uh, 
yeah, uh, we'll see you soon.